I'm Linda Brady. And I'm Michael Brady. And together we're partners for Karmic Freedom. This is podcast 11. Can you believe it's 11 already? That's wonderful. I, I was reading the other day that most people give up their podcast after three. <laughs> I went, that's not going to be Michael and I. We're going to be doing this as long as you all want us to do this. So uh, this is podcast 11, and we're going to be talking about the uh, ast- uh, the asteroid, asteroid of Chiron. And to do that, I just w- would like to mention a couple things. For, you know, the inner child work is work that we do for the rest of our lives. So just because we've done the eight, you know, sections that we said we'd do, that doesn't mean we all stop working on our inner children. So uh, it, you know, the book is out. It's been out. It's called Through the Eyes of a Child, The Ultimate Guide to Parenting Your Inner Child. So it's out there at Amazon. And uh, it would be a good idea for you to all to get it. If you need any help with it, just text us or email us or whatever. Um, you know, we've offered your astrological charts, you know, if you want them. So we're still open to doing that and emailing that to you all um, if you want them. The, many of you already have your astrological charts. Many of you have gone online um, to get your charts. Just be a little careful of that. Sometimes they're not quite, you know, as uh, as good as you want them to be. And the other thing that we haven't mentioned a lot of, because we haven't done a lot of advertising on the podcast, I guess we probably should start doing it a little bit more. Huh. <laughs> what the heck, right? Might, it might help us. It, it might help, you know. Uh, the thing that, you know, Michael and I really invest in the most and are most, the most excited about um, are our retreats. We do three-day retreats here in Tampa, Florida. Uh, sometimes we do it on the road, depending on what's going That's right. on. That's right. And we've spent years experimenting with what is the right sweet spot for a retreat. So our retreats have ranged from one day to, are you ready for this? We actually did a retreat, had a person in retreat staying with us uh, every day for... 26 days. 26 days. Now, I will say that we're very clear that we do not foster 26-day retreats no, no. Anymore, anymore in this life. No. Uh, no, that that was a, a halcyon moment for sure. Um, no, actually, we have uh, mostly, generally speaking, we do three-day retreats. That gives people uh, three nights to be here, three nights to have their dreams interpreted, three days to really look at the, the cognitive, emotional, spiritual parts of their lives. And a lot of people come, you know, to do inner child work because it is it does require work, as you probably have known from the from the podcast. So um, just want to let you know that we are we do we're pretty flushed for till the end of the year, but we'll we have openings next year, uh, 2022, uh, for people who really want to come. We have people coming from all starting over the in world. January, starting in January, all over the world. People are coming to Tampa, Florida. They used to go to Vermont. Now they're coming to Florida um, to do retreats with us. And as an alternative, we also do them by Zoom, yes, uh, or other kind of medium like that, yeah. uh, but. You can't beat in person. Though. You get the best person. best experience if you're in person, right? So, and we just did a um, but we just did an uh, eight hour. Was it an eight hour uh-huh. uh, retreat? And yeah, on Zoom, and it's it's very possible. Uh, it certainly is what we did during the COVID thing. We did a lot of work on Zoom and FaceTime and all those, those yeah, things. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, so tonight, we're, uh, tonight, today, whatever, wherever you are. Uh, we're going to really be taking a hard look at uh, Chiron. And 
Chiron is not necessarily something that most astrologers use. Not even um, they're not. It's not a planet. It's an asteroid. Uh, it's located between Saturn and Uranus in our solar system, and it's a fixed star, in essence. And it uh, didn't have much meaning for me as an astrologer until 1998. Yeah, it was uh, when I was uh, really getting Evan and I, my co-author, and I were ready to tr- see if we could locate an agent, um, a publisher for the for my first book. Um, which was sort of unlikely because back in the day there weren't a lot of people, you know, publishers interested in astrology books, unless you were strictly a spiritual publication. And we we wanted to go out beyond that. We wanted to go into something that was more um, holistic, more more people could read it, whatever. So uh, I'll, ne- I'll never forget it. We we lived in the country then, and I had a client in my office and. Um, the phone rang, and for whatever reasons, I don't usually do this with inter- I don't usually interrupt a client session. But I was expecting a call from um, my co-author. He was trying to find us an agent, and the phone rang, and it was Evan. And I said to Tim, "Tim, would you mind?" He said, "Oh no, go, go, go!" You know, he's very excited. And uh, Evan said, "We have an agent, and it's probably the second best agent in New York City." Now, one would say at that point in my life that I would have been ecstatic, jumping up and down, screaming, yelling, having you know a wonderful, exciting time, which I didn't. No, you had this very paradoxical, you look like you got bad news. Yeah, it, and I know Tim thought that, I know Michael did, that, oh, you know, it was sort of like, oh, you didn't get the agent. Well, we got the agent, which means that now we were going to write the book because we had, we had decided early on to do a, a very extensive Table of context, tense, um, chapters, uh, a whole th- whole thing. But we were not going to write the book until we had an agent because we didn't want to put all the time in. Yeah, I believe you did a sample chapter. Cha- didn't we you? had three chapters. Three sample chapters. Just, right. But you didn't write context, out all the chapters. All of it. The mission statement. We did um, all kinds of research on how many books were out there like mine, blah, blah, blah. Well, the bottom line is there were a lot of astrology books out there. I mean, probably thousands. And I had said to Evan before we, he and I ever got started, why, why should I do another book, Evan? There are so many books out there on astrology. And he said, Linda, none of them are you. And I said, well, that's true. So I decided to go ahead. And in essence, Discovering Your Soul Mission, uh, the first one, uh, was pretty revolutionary for its time. Uh, certainly, you know, Martin Schulman went before me and did a magnificent job on on his books. Um, I was a karmic astrologer. That is who I was. That's what I wrote about. And more importantly, the book was about a philosophy. And Evan and I had pretty much decided that it really was not about, it was about astrology, but it was about astrology as a language that supported a philosophy, our philosophy, the Aquarian philosophy, which made the astrology book different. And uh, anyway, so back to my story. So here I am. We've got a great agent. We're getting ready to write the book. It's going to take about between Evan, you know, was work full time. He had babies at home. I work full time. You know, I had practice. I had classes. We didn't, neither one of us had a lot of time to write. I ended up writing uh, between, between 10 and 12 o'clock at night after the end of the workday, sitting in bed with a laptop on your lap, 
and a ball game on usually. Yes, the some, some, yes, the Orioles background, you know, so I would do my prep when the Orioles were, you know, were playing and then Evan would come on around 10 and then we would work and we did that for a year. So anyway, the bottom line is in the, in the midst of all of this, the, the lack of enthusiasm, the fear that came up was I can't even describe how scared I was because now I'm not just a little astrologer in Baltimore. Uh, I am going to be, if the book sells and we think it will, I'm going to be known all over the world. I'm going to, you know, everybody's going to know who I am. Everybody's going to know where I live. Everybody's going to know Linda Brady. Well, that's exactly what I didn't want. And it's exactly what it takes to sell books. You have to come out of the closet. Have to to come out of the closet. Right. So, at just about that time when you know I was toughing it out, I was writing chapters, I was talking to uh, Evan, and we were doing our thing. But I wasn't, I, I wasn't enthused, and I knew that my emotional reticence would cause some real trouble. I get a call from a strange stranger. I didn't know him from Adam. He was out of the Midwest, and he said, "Miss Brady, you know, um, I've heard about you. I'm, I'm thinking about having a session. Blah blah blah." I said, okay. And he said, but, but I want to know before I do that, what's your take on Chiron? I said, I don't have a take on and Chiron. you said, say what? <laughs> say, I knew, as an astrologer, I knew that Chiron was a fixed star. I knew this and that and the other thing. I didn't use it. I didn't interpret it. I wasn't using it in my life or my client's life at that time. And I said, no, I have no impression of it, but I, I'm telling you, before I have a session with you, I'll know a lot about it. And he laughed and we had a session. And at that moment in time, my heart chakra went boing. And I went, oh, shit, something really important is happening here. This is really, really important. So I did this. I, you know, he came later. I can't remember. It was a phone consult, I believe. Um, but And meanwhile, I started researching Chiron. And I went, oh, my God. You know, I, I, had, I had no idea how significant that was, how significant the energy of Chiron was, what it meant what it meant as we move into the new age of Aquarius, what it meant as a Piscean, than any of it. And was really fascinated to really get in touch with the fact that I have Chiron and Leo. So what is the meaning or the importance of Chiron in one's chart, dear? Okay, I'm not ready to say that, dear. Oh, okay. um, You just jumped ahead Sorry, just I'm, a little bit. I'm premature. That's okay. All right. So the, the reality is for me is because I had Chiron and Leo, my North Node's in Leo, I have Pluto and Leo. I, I had so much in Leo that it it really became urgent and necessary for me to figure out what Chiron stood for. So because I, as a Sagittarian, I am not interested in counseling, coaching, teaching, anything that I don't understand for myself. That is my commitment. I won't talk about things that I don't understand and or or have put into my life in some way. So, okay, so here I am. So I talked to Michael. I said, you know, I got Chiron and Leo, and I I'm not really sure what that means, but I know for a fact that it's interfering with what's going on with me right now. So Michael and I decide to do some past life work, which, of course, is what we do. And so at that point, going back to Michael's original question, we, what we found out in my personal life was a life, or several, but mostly, most importantly, were lifetimes where I was the consummate Leo. Or a leader. I, a leader. I was I was out there. I was visible. I was on stage. You know, I was I had power. I the had, hub of the wheel. I was a, I was it. 
The know, center of attention. The center of it all. Most was, important person in the room. Yeah. Oh, or, or, the, or the town or the city or right. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So I, was, I had all of that. I was highly visible, very powerful, very, I, and in one life, fairly benign considering historically, um, wanting to, you know, to help people, wanting to do things, and still being in leadership. Okay. So, okay, fine. So I do all this, and at the end of and at the end of several lifetimes, what I found out was that I it didn't end well. None of those lives ended well. <laughs> yeah, badly. Actually, very badly. And they ended um, in ways where I'd been betrayed. And astrologically, my the betrayals that showed up in my chart in this life were ways that I had been betrayed by whom I was betrayed before. And it was always a relationship. Every time. It was a, a person that I, I trusted, a person that I never thought would betray. You mean like you and me relationship? Yeah, like a husband and wife relationship or whatever. That that, that is I, that my bigness, my power, my visibility – my money, my fame, you name it, was the thing that my partner could not tolerate. Thank God you don't have any of that stuff going this lifetime. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So anyway, so I, that came out of it knowing that that the visibility factor, though, that is what really, really scared me, that I did not want to be more visible than being I known, already being was. Seen, which yeah. is why I weighed 260 pounds at one point in my life, because there's nothing more invisible than a fat woman. So... You know, I went down the road. I I tried to stay as invisible as I could be and still do my work. I did a pretty good job for a few many years until my soul said, "No, it's time you wrote your book. You've been saying you're going to write a book. You've been telling everybody you're going to write a book, and you've never written a book." And then you drew in this author, Evan, and then I Evan drew Saint in Lifer, this, who yeah. convinced you to do that. Yeah. He comes out of New York to watch a, a workshop of ours on the way back to the train station. He said, "You know, I'd like to write a book with you, Linda." And I went, what? Huh? He doesn't even know me. That came out of the me. blue, yeah. Came yeah. Out of, he's in the back seat, and all of a sudden, he's saying that. And I laughed. I thought he was kidding. He wasn't kidding. He wanted to write my book. He wanted to, he wanted to learn what I knew. He called me his font. I taught him karmic astrology, and he taught me how to write. It was a wonderful trade. Okay. So, all that being said, what I had to do at that point, based on the history was figure out a way to resolve it because we don't want to carry that stuff around with us. It's, I've been carrying it around unconsciously for years and years. Now I wanted to make it conscious. I wanted to deal with it. I want to resolve it so we could actually publish this book. Okay. So is it time now? What does Chiron yes. symbolize? Right. Chiron symbolizes the places in our lifetimes where we have been great. So if you have Chiron in, in Leo, it means you are this kind of person. If you had Chiron in Aries, it means you are this kind of person. But always you were great. You were not problematic. You no. weren't challenged by that energy. You were excelling in that. You were, yes, excelling. You were the best you could be of a right. Cancer, of a Leo, of a Pisces. Right. Whoever. The very best, which means you know people usually don't betray people that aren't pretty good. You know, I had a lot of money. I had a lot of people power. People don't portray people who are not pretty good. It, well, when people people are, do 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 betray people who are very good. Yes, not the other way around. So if you are not very good, if you're sort of average, nobody's, nobody's going to bother you. you. Right. right. That's it. Keep so, your head down. Yeah. Right. So people. Yeah, and you know, people who are invisible, 
hardly ever get assassinated. And I was assassinated. I don't tell you, I can't tell you how many lives right. for being exactly who I was. We ought to go to go somewhere. Right. And <laughs> yeah. And it was sort of like Lucy in the football, though. Every life I came back, I thought it was going to be different. Right. That uh-huh. I wasn't going to die or be assassinated because I was a spiritual leader person. Uh, so in this lifetime, though, I wasn't taking any chances. <laughs> I was not going to get visible. That was what I'd always said. I don't. I would like to be a person second seat. I remember saying that to a guy I dated. A second seat in a plane is a co-pilot. I always wanted to be the co-pilot, never the pilot. The pilot made all the decisions. I didn't want to make them. So anyway, Chiron then in a chart says, this is where you were special. This is where you were great. This is where you, you really learned your skills. This is where you you had it all. And as a friend of mine used to say in a bag of chips, you had you were it. Okay, and because you were it is where you got hurt and betrayed. And usually, depending on the chart, depending on what sign, oftentimes the betrayal occurred to you, but it had ramifications for your family. Well, the, the, the idea of Chiron is, uh, as, as a symbol of uh, fear that we carry in from a past lifetime, along with excellence, right? Mm-hmm which is sort of a dual-edged sword there. Excellence, and then you're also scared at the same time. There's, yeah. that, that's like oil and water. They don't really want to mix together very well. And the fear is what holds us back, right? Yeah. Yet we have this urge unconsciously to reclaim our excellence at the same time. Which is why so many people are so screwed up and so conflicted. Well, that exactly. sets up a hell of a hard place in a rock, It is it? a hard place in a rock. Okay. All right. So I decided at that point after doing the work with Michael and knowing you know basically that I had been great because I had been visible yes I'd been assassinated um, all that being said so what am I going to do about that well I luckily at that same time or even before that was reading about Nelson Mandela and what happened when he came out of the prison after 26 years and he told a reporter the reporter said so they always love this. Oh, so, Dr. Mandela, how does it feel? <laughs> right. And so he said, it feels great. He said, well, how do you feel about the men that imprisoned you for 26 years? He said, oh, I forgave them a long time ago. And the reporter sort of looked at him askance and said, said what? <laughs> how could, yeah, how could you do that? And Nelson Mandela said, because forgiveness is an act of freedom and love for myself. Boing. Boy, is that profound. That hit every button in me and wait it doesn't have to do with the other person no not, it does not have a it has to do with yourself right wait i'm going to forgive you for hurting me but it really has nothing to do with you i'm not doing it for you i'm doing it for myself right. well it goes back to what aristotle said you know drinking poison and hoping somebody else dies i mean i love that that's i vengeful, love that right yeah. <laughs> you know so so i thought all right well then i'm going to i am going to really work on forgiving all these people who killed my family and more, not more importantly, but as importantly, my dogs and my horses and the animals that I love so, so much. And he, and they left me, which means that I had my whole life, the rest of my life was horrific, you know, better to have gone myself. And I'm not even sure, so sure that I didn't off myself in some of those lifetimes because the pain, the pain of losing somebody in my name, and it goes back to, if you, any of you have seen The Gladiator, there's one scene in The Gladiator where his wife and son were tortured in his name. And that, that scene, even when I think about it, I know how real that scene is to me. 
in my name, somebody else. That's happened to Martin Luther. In his name, his best friend, who was a priest, was murdered. In his name. And that, ugh, I mean, that just really is terrible. So I went back and I did some active forgiveness work to the people who had hurt me and my family and allowed that to wash through me for a while and release and release and release. And then I could breathe into it. And then I said to Evan, let's do this. And then I knew that, that this whole thing about what was going on in this lifetime for me was an opportunity for me to deal with all the other lives and for me to be to feel safe and secure and still scared, I might add. I was going to say, you weren't free of fear before oh, no. you went ahead and wrote the book, were you? No, no. Well, remembering I have Chiron and Leo, Leo is the, is the energy that rules courage. Well, even if you don't have, have that energy in your Chiron, you have something else. When it comes to breaking through Chiron, which is always about fear in one of the 12 signs, right? Right. You still have to have courage. Courage is always what you would do as we are afraid. So people say, I'm so scared. I say, well, good. I mean, right. the, the scared, more scared we are, the more courageous we can create. Right. And that's what I did. I, I re- reinforced and strategized and transformed my fear into courage every night that I was writing that book. Because it didn't, the fear didn't go to, away. I, di- I guess I didn't even want it to go away. You know, stage nerves like that can really be helpful when you're going on stage or you're giving a speech. Um, it has been helpful for me anyway. So that was, that's the story. So when clients come, one of the first places we go with a new client is to Chiron. We don't deal with sun signs or this or that or the other thing. And and we never read a chart in a classic sense, but, and what we do though, is we, you know, we have a client come in and we find their Chiron. Well, how often does a client show up for first work or first appointments? And have fear as one of the major reasons they come to us. Most everybody. A lot, right. Right. An awful lot. Maybe (laughs) almost all the time. Fear is up front in people's lives when they feel like they have to go talk to somebody about something. Right. And oftentimes, fear is masked by other feelings like anger or shame, uh, sadness. There are a lot of things, but bottom line, underneath it all, is fear. So being able to help a new client, a new student deal with their Chiron is, is a big part of our work. To be able to help them see karmically that this is these are the things that have happened, this is why it happened, this is who you were when it happened, and these are the people that did it to you. When that is all in play, then the strategies and the techniques of forgiveness work can work. Now, normally what we say to a client once they've gotten all that is, now it's time for you to be really, really, really pissed off. Because some people don't want to deal with their anger. And some people don't want to deal with their anger around past lives. But boy, that, how would you feel if you were being tied to a tree and your family was tortured in front of you? Beyond feeling helpless, hopeless, and scared out of your mind, you would be so... You'd enraged. be rageful. Enraged. You'd be enraged. So being able to be enraged, deal with the emotions of our ego very well, the next step, of course, would be the forgiveness work. Because this way, and this is the carrot that I wave for myself and everybody else, once we've understood Chiron and understood the wounds that come from it, then we also are able to understand more and feel more about who we were in the first place. 
Right, claiming the good stuff. Claiming the from good the stuff. the energy that Kai runs in. Claiming all the skills. You claiming being everything. a leader out there. Yes. Writing and talking and teaching and all right. that good stuff. All that. All the things that I knew. Being a public being figure. a public figure. Yeah. And that I knew at that point when I wrote the book that regardless of its success, I would become a public figure. Right. And I have been recognized in the world. Michael, you know, we've had a couple of times like that. Oh, you're Linda Brady. One time it got, actually got us a uh, first class, first on class an thing. Yeah, that was sort of cool. Anyway. I've so, it for free. Yeah. And, and, you know, the fear was there. I did, I used, I did it. I used it. I did the courageous work. Um, and every client that I worked with, with Chiron became more and more obvious that this was the really the basic place where real change occurs, real change, dynamic change. Because uh, a lot of times, I, you know, Michael and I have been working for, well, I've been 43, Michael, you're, how many years have you been in practice? Oh my goodness, since I started in psychology? I started working when I was 24. Okay, so with a bachelor's degree, so yeah. that counts, right? He's had a he's had a few years' experience. Uh, a few, uh, like four, around forty. Yeah, and something. you know, oftentimes, you know, Michael and I look at each other after a client went or a retreat was over and go, back in the day, ah, did we do it? Did we help? Did they change enough? Do they, you know, what's going on? Because you know, in, invariably, we would say to ourselves, if you, we screwed up or we didn't do enough or something, something, something. Um, and after a while, we it was very trying to see people spend a lot of time and money and not make changes. Not really. And what ended up holding people back in this instance most often was fear. And Chiron. Which is Chiron Which in is their Chiron. chart. Right, exactly. It is, I say to people a lot, it's a, this low-running black sea of water that's always running down there somewhere in our unconscious. And we can touch it sometimes or we can jump in it sometimes. But bottom line is it's always there. And that level of fear, I don't care if you're president of the United States or if you're a drug addict on the street, I don't care who you are. There's always going to be something about your life. Even the people that seem to be the most um, secure and powerful, they, they have it too. Everybody has it. It's like, it's like an epidemic and the reason I think it's so important in this life, particularly, is because this is a life that we can be conscious enough to deal with it. I agree, because this is the end of our childhood and beginning of our adulthood spiritually in right. this life. That's right. And we have the courage and the awareness and the consciousness to realize that the fears that we have that are running us are not even real. They're contaminated, they're not real, and they need to be dealt with. Right. And those people that are dealing dealing with their life at that reflective level are the ones who are creating great things and are happy and serene and feeling good about themselves. I remember years, a long time ago, I remember thinking, my last, I want my last breath to be, I did it all. I did everything my soul wanted me to do. That's what I want for my last breath. And I could not have done that. I couldn't have done that if I hadn't dealt with Chiron. Because I, da- I doubt very much if I would have p- published that first book. Mm-hmm. I, what do you think, Michael? I mean, you were, you were privy to all this. What would, what would you think? Well, fear, is, fear cannot be resolved by avoiding it. You agree? I agree. And yet, when we get scared, that's exactly what we do. We do avoidance <laughs> behavior. You back away. You don't speak up. You don't go do the thing that you wanted to do, right? Okay. Right. So that does avoid the fear at the moment, doesn't it? For the moment. 
Right. But the release of fear from avoiding what scares you only momentarily resolves the fear. And then that river is there again underneath, and then it pops back up on the next round in your face, and the fear on round two is even greater than the fear in round one, and the next thing you're in panic, and now you have panic attacks, and they're cyclical, and they occur over... Right, some version of that. The only way to resolve that, the only way to resolve fear is to face it, is to step Mm -hmm. into it, is to not close your eyes or turn away, but to stand fast, keep your eyes open, and move forward into toward and engage with whatever's scaring you at the time. Now, that would make sense to, uh, to anybody if they just lived in the here and now, because whatever would scare you would be right in your face and right. evoked. In, that fear would be evoked by what's happening to you. But most of this fear and chironic fear is not about what's happening in your face. It's about what happened to you in the past, in this case, past lives. Yeah, and along with that, people say, well, how would I have known about this if if I didn't come to a karmic astrologer? Well, the way we know about it is we will create pieces of it, little teeny factions of it. You know what I mean? Where it's a reminder of what has Imitations happened. of the experience yes, that's involved. Very slightly. On a smaller window. skin, on a, scale. My, my, mine was when I was, I was a professional singer until I was eight years old, from the time I was three to eight. Um, and there was a place in Baltimore called the Hippodrome Theater. And so I would, I would sing at the Hippodrome very, a lot. And I was pretty, they call me the little Shirley Temple. I was, a, I was stocky and little girls and had a great voice the whole, nine, the whole nine yards. And I was on stage and I loved being on stage. And, you know, I did really well on stage. My signature song was the Lord's Prayer. And I, there was not a dry eye in the house when I sang it. Um, then one day, uh, the MC, who I knew, who said, Oh, Linda, I see your sister standing over there at in the side of the uh, of the stage. I think we should bring her out and let her sing with you. What do you think? And I said, no, no, no. She doesn't sing. She doesn't sing. And he brought her out anyway. And she sang, well, of course, off-key and horribly. (laughs) And I know, I mean, we all knew it. And Sue did not want to be out there either. So the whole idea was, I think he thought he was being really cute and whatever. It ruined it. It ruined my song. People laughed at us. I mean, I was embarrassed. I was upset. It, it it ruined my it ruined me at that point to be on stage performing the way I was performing. I never performed again. I did choirs. I sang in choirs and did some solos here and there, but I never ever did that again. So how do you think that tied into your Chiron and Leo? It was a, another way, a, a minor way of being assassinated. It was a way for me to be to lose my joy, to lose my heart, to lose what I did. And the guy didn't do it on purpose. But he did. He, in some ways, he assassinated something within me. Okay. That never, never got healed until, until much, much, much later. Until in my the life. book. Until writing the book. And and going on tour and Out you know having world. doing yeah. speeches, being on radio. I was on. I'm on radio a lot. It used to be. I was on television for six months. So I've done the things that I swore I would never do. Uh, and yet can't I can't do or too hard to do or too scary to right. do. So the bottom line of it all is I'm living proof. You know, number one, the book was successful. My other books have been fairly successful, not as successful as the first one. Uh, But everything, what I know about that is that people that need to read them are reading them. That's what I know. And that was my my commitment, that people that needed to know about the work 
would read the books. And that's that's that. Um, so all that being said, it, it you know, I have a, the books went out in four countries. We have clients all over the world. Um, we're successful at what we do. We've been we're we are and we are. We we're, are. We're still waiting to go viral in the world. Oh yeah, but I, that yeah that may be. But the next short thing. of it, it being a viral phenomena, our um, the books have served us well, have brought us clients, have been able to expose us to a larger audience in the world, and 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 have helped a lot of people along right. the way. Yeah, well, you know this podcast is heard in seven countries, so Ooh. I mean anywhere in the con- in the world, when you can hear a podcast. So I, you know, to me. Uh, I, and we, Michael and I were told years ago to do a podcast, and we just said, nah. Well, finally, we didn't say, nah, and, we did, and we're, we're really happy. <laughs> there's now, always the next thing, dear. There's always the next thing. So now the other thing about Chiron that's as important as the what people see Chiron as the wounded healer, uh, and that's true. There is a fable about that that I won't go into. You can read about it if you want, um, that there is a transformational quality to Chiron. That is that as we understand Chiron and, and and transform it within our own self, we're much more likely to want to share that information with someone else. Well, it starts out as the wounded healer, and if we do the journey and we're successful at it, it ends up being the healed healer. And the sacred teacher. And the sacred teacher as a result of that. Right. right. I think this is why AAs were, you know, been so successful because they bring people together of like mind with, with certain objectives and they all understand each other. They've had the same experiences. So when Michael and I work with a client, we're sharing our chironic experiences for one thing because we've, we're on the other side of that. You know, we were, and a problematic part of Chiron, now we're not. Right. We've pushed through the We've fears. pushed through it. So they it's cool for them to go, oh, well, if they did it, I can do it. And they can find out that on the other side of challenging Chiron are all the beautiful, strong, powerful lives they've had where they learned so much right. that they have buried. And then they can share that with another. Paying it forward with Chiron is really, really, really important. So people, for instance, that have the same Chiron, or because Chiron stays five years in a sign, so you know people that are within five years of each other might have the same Chiron, right? And so they can they can be, oh well, this is what I did. I know how you feel, and and they know that you do. They know you've had those right. experiences. And if you see someone who's within that age range of you, and they've pushed through their Chiron, they're they have resolved. They've gone over the top with resolving their fear, that underlying fear. Um, and they're gaining more confidence than they have fear underneath. That shows just by hanging around them. I mean, it rubs off on people in a sense. And, you know, it does heal the old wounds, and it helps us understand the difference between contaminated and natural feelings. Yeah. Because, you know, most of our clients are very facile now in understanding contaminated from natural feelings. You can't work with us for a year and not know, and how not know about that. Feelings, that's <laughs> that's right. for sure. So the whole idea of Chiron then becomes a, real, a symbol of 2,000 years, in essence, of being damaged and tortured and victimized on and on. So I'm thinking in our next incarnation, you know, we may refer to Chiron in some historic way. That's correct. I think it's uh, it's a passing importance in the chart. 
I think so, too. So, you know, so it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember in a life where I was really scared of being assassinated. But, now yeah, that ship sailed, you know, so, and I think that's going to happen. Oh, absolutely. Well, if if kids in kindergarten and first grade and grade school and high school are uh, being uh, educated, being exposed to the the understanding of uh, past lives, incarnations, mm-hmm. um, and then the kind of philosophy that we're advocating now, they're going to not be acting out of fear and withdrawing from their fears. They're going to be, even in childhood, being encouraged and supported to move into their fears and embrace them, deal with them kind of thing. So Chiron's going to be a, a passing phenomenon you know, by the right. time you're an adult. I think, and normally people start to see and understand or feel their Chirons when they turn 50. It takes Chiron 50 years to return to any given point. And I was 58 when I learned about Chiron. And that, I'm almost ashamed to say that. I'm a, an astrologer after all. I should have done it a little faster than that. But anyway, um, so Michael and I work with a lot of young people. You know, we have teenagers or late teenagers, early 20s, 30s. Uh, people, I just had a 20-some-year-old the other day. Um, you know, she knows about Chiron now. It, it, it will never be the same for her. Because she knows about it, she's, right. it's conscious, and so I'm. My hope is that we can help a a child at twelve or thirteen or fourteen. You know, go. Oh, I don't have to be afraid of that because that's old. Right. I can or, see that happening. Or if I am afraid, this is how to deal with this it. Is how and I can resolve it. my fear. That's right. Not avoid it, but Not resolve afraid. it. Because we're able to say, and I've had clients, say, the young clients say, though, you're asking me to trust you, Linda. You're asking me to trust that. Five years from now or 10 years from now, I might not die of a Chiron experience. And I, say, and I say, you're right. All I'm telling you is after 40 years or so, I'm telling you, I've never, ever, ever seen Chiron return in the, in the way there were people died. Ever. So, so, so I came back from Vietnam when I was 20 years old. I went in at 19. I served one tour. Um, I was afraid to do things when I was that old. So the first time I had to confront my fear was at that age. That set me up, though, to continue to lean forward when I came up against something that scared me in this life. Right. Right. That's that's what's important. That's what's important. And the earlier we start with that, the more... The easier, the sooner we work through the worst part of that and get on the other side. Right. I, you know, I say to my young clients, you know, I've just saved you 30 or 40 years of heartbreak. If you trust me, if you trust your chart, you will have done, learned something and be able to be on a journey that people my age weren't on until they were in their 50s or 60s. Some never have done it. Right. So, you know, so I love, I love working with the young people because they're also very much more receptive. And in terms of having to trust us, um, if they trust you, like you said with that client, right, and they go 10 years and they find out that all of a sudden they are getting flattened by the truck, so to speak, in life, right? Mm-hmm. They still lived 10 years without the fear, didn't they? They did. So, Well, yeah, it's true. It, even if it turns out to be wrong that it's not going to happen again, right, in mm-hmm. some way. You haven't lived all the time in between, afraid of it happening. Well, that's true. So, oh, just, are you are you any worse off? No, actually, you're hell better no. Off. You're a lot better off, right? Right. And the truth is, is that if you lived ten years not generating, carrying the fear of something awful happening, you wouldn't create something awful happening in the end anyway. Right. Right. So, it, 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 this is a 
it's a challenging part of astro- a karmic astrology. It's a challenging part, you know, to work with a client. Um, it's challenging for them to be able to do those past lives, go into the meditations, go into Michael's work, and you know, go. All right, I'm here. I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this and see the ramifications of it. And a lot of the people we work with have gone on, you know, to use Chiron in their practices, regardless of what those practices were to be able to understand more about their clients or their students or, or whatever. So it's very important. Um, I have a quote here I would like to buy uh, Gil Brown, Gil Gibran, the prophet. Mm-hmm. And this is what he says. And if it's fear, you would dispel. The seat of that fear is in your heart and not in the hand of the feared. I love that. I thought that was absolutely brilliant because that's really true. We're carrying the fear around. No, nobody else is out there carrying our fear. He we're, was. A, we're carrying it. He was a man way ahead of his time. Oh, uh, those of you who have never read the Prophet Khalil Gibran, Khalil Gibran, he was, he's a magnificent. He's, I you know I I perform weddings and there's not a wedding I do that we don't talk we don't do his um, poem on the on low and love because he's brilliant anyway. So what we've done here, what I've done, is come up with some important questions. We have questions. That's our that's our forte. We ask really we good ask questions. We ask really good questions. So Michael is going to read. I'm it. going to MC the question. Yeah, you're part. going to MC the questions. Okay. So here's the first question: How do I discover the karmic memories that I need to forgive? Well, we talked about that. You see a person like Michael Brady. <laughs> okay, or, or 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 you. It's in your chart. That begins the journey, and ideally some past life work along the way to pull up the stories out of past lives that you can personally relate to. Well, see, that's the key feel. phrase. I can sit with a client and say, well, I think da 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 about your Chiron. You probably were here, there, and everywhere you right. probably did this and that. And probably I'm on the money mostly, but I'm not there to give them their emotional experience. I can't that. do right. that. Right. But when the story emerges out of you yourself— with your eyes closed, talking to somebody, the emotions that you have are very much your own. Right. And, and, and you connect to those emotions. Right. And then it's from that point, Michael and I can help you figure out in, in those particular lifetimes, what do I, you know, who do I need to forgive? Because there could be a whole raft of people that you need to forgive. So anyway, um, okay, that's that one. So the next question is, how can I become the spiritual teacher? That is becoming the best Chiron you can be, because if you're, you know, wherever your Chiron is, you have lifetimes of being really good at that. Okay, so your your uh, Chiron is in Leo. Mm-hmm. My Chiron's in Capricorn. So let's illustrate how that would work. Okay, so becoming a spiritual teacher for you is being the best Leo, a model of a leader. Right. Uh, of a performer, of a person who's open-hearted, who's generous, open-hearted, oh, generous right. able to inspire right. other people. Right. My Chiron is in Capricorn. It's more about me modeling good father energy, uh, authority, um, earthy progress right. for exactly. people. Those kinds exactly of things that, that are the qualities of Capricorn. Right. Exactly. Okay, and then if you want to, you know, segue that into any into any kind of Aquarian leadership, spiritual leadership, a lot of people have. A lot of people want to be able to to pay this work forward, especially right. for their children. And, right. You know, okay. All right. Go ahead. So, how do I remember old skills that'll help me now? 
well, you got to clear the path, don't you? Because, you know, think about it. Think about all these skills and all the things you've learned, and it's way, way down in this pit, right? This big pit. Called your unconscious. Yeah, called your unconscious. And and you're out of fear. You've just put layer after layer of earth on top of that. Mm -hmm. That's what we've done. So the the skills and the education and the knowledge and all that we have been is way down at the bottom of that pit. And we've got a lot of stuff layering on it because we're scared. So to be able to, to, to unearth it means that you will be amazed at the skills. I used to be terrified of any form of management, any form of being self-employed, any form of doing anything where I'm responsible for. I worked for the state of Maryland for almost 30 years, for God's sake. Right. From the time I was nine till I was 39. I mean, really, no kidding. So all of a sudden, here I am doing a business that is very weird to most people's thinking. And we've been in business for 40 some years. Yeah. And a lot of that required you becoming the best Capricorn you could be and me becoming the best Leo I could be. Yeah. So, anyway, there I'm you go. I'm still amazed we haven't gone under yet. Oh, I don't think we're going to go under now if we haven't gone under before. Yeah, I don't Hell, think so. You know, we did well during the pandemic, for God's sake. So, you know. Go figure that. Yeah, I know. I know. So how do you find courage to transform old experiences into healing? Well, first is you understand that fear creates courage. If you know that, then you're already ready to do it because you know you've got things that you're afraid of. And right. You, and you know you've had things you were afraid of before. So finding the courage to deal with the things that we've been afraid of before is the first step. The second step is to know that some some semblance of those fears are going to work with you because it's not a bad thing. I did, really quickly, I did a research project years ago about Medal of Honor winners just because I wanted to. Now it's on television. I think it's great. It's a great show. But anyway, um, I would do that. And I, I did, I don't know, about 20 Medal of Honor winners and going back into their lives and what they did and all that because I wanted to understand courage. And the the people that earned the medal, the ones that knew they were scared and did it anyway, I mean, they were terrified mm-hmm. and did it anyway, you could see in them that they know that they deserve the Medal of Honor. But the ones who were automatic, who didn't, who said, well, I don't know, I just did it. Oh, I just jumped up and ran I just jumped up and ran into the right. foxhole, and it's not the same. No, it's not. Not the same. Because it was done without awareness. It was done without conscious choice. Exactly. Exactly. So we can find courage every single day of our life. If we understand that courage is um, an end product of fear and going through the fear. Like John Wayne said, fall well, it's horse, get back fear. on the horse. If you didn't have fear, you wouldn't be able to be courageous. You can't have courage. You can't without have fear. courage. They're interdependent, like heads and tails of a coin. Right. You can't really pull them apart from each other. No. And interesting enough, what I've learned from you with your Chiron and North Node in Leo is that that nervousness, the fear, is what really turns into the juice and the excitement once you're in play. Right. That they're the same energy. The one, the fear, wants to hold you back, and the juice and the excitement helps you to excel at what you're doing once you get into it. Yeah, it's got the, the stage nerves thing. Yeah. I remember years ago, I, I did a radio show with a gal out of Canada, and it was a, had been a long day, and I don't remember all the details of what I was doing, but I went in flat. I didn't have any feelings about it. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't anything. And it was flat. I'm not, I'm not proud of that show. 
But the time I go in with that energy rushing, that adrenaline going, and I'm nervous, I'm scared, and my heart's going, you know, mm-hmm. I'm brilliant at that point because that's when I'm juiced up. I'm ready. Like I am right now. Ready to go. Ready you were to just be. flat as heck a half an hour ago. I was. Here you were all animated again. <laughs> well, it's because I'm worried about my dog and having him cut down. So I was upset about that. So, yeah, as soon as I got on the mic, though, I went, all right, fine. That's in the past. And here I am. So, uh, yes, yeah, so the next one's a duplicate. You don't have to go to the next one. Oh, well, then we're done the questions. Yeah, we're done the questions. I've done my role. You've done your role. You did a good job. Um, I want to. I do want to say, though, right now, at this point, there, the the, uh, at the fixed star of Chiron, all right, is going through the sign of Aries. Currently in transit. Currently in transit. How long does it take to go through the sign? Five years. Okay. So those of you who have Chiron, Chiron and Aries are going to be particularly, it's, this time is in, very important for you. You're, a, you're in a Chiron return. You're in a Chiron return. You're closing in on being 50. <clears throat> and, you know, things are going to happen now that are going to remind you in a very small way of other lives where Chiron was very big. So once again, I would suggest that you let Michael and I know what your your date, time, and place of birth is. We will send you any, uh, a, a chart. We will, we will let you know where your Chiron is. So I would strongly suggest you do that, especially if you're in the 50... 50 to 54 year old, you know, year old range because you're in your Chiron return. The rest of us aren't. Right. And still the energy of Chiron and Aries is abounding. And the most important thing I need to say about that is that we need to take action in our lives. Right. So general, as a general overlay on everyone, Chiron and Aries is, is the dominant energy, right? Right. Okay. So Aries is about just do it. Just do Take it. Take action, right? Right. Which goes hand in hand with having courage. If you were scared and you go ahead and do something, you're just doing it. You're taking action, right? Right. So on some level, everyone is being on top of their personal Chiron, being called to f- confront whatever scares them and holds them back in their life. Exactly. Right so, And with Aries, Aries is about being strong and assertive and male-like um spontaneous spontaneous all those things exploratory adventuresome taking risks thoughtful risks but taking risks and you know many people don't like taking risks i have come to know you really you think so i am a uh, harbinger of taking risks (laughs) i have taken a lot of risk in my life some some people would say been a bit impulsive and probably so um, and I do believe that unless we are taking action, we're not creating serendipity for one thing, right? Which is really not what we want to, how we want to live our lives. And you're not creating action. You're not creating action on the earth plane is what is the foundation of how we manifest anything, right? And the other piece of it is to really understand and use anger, not to use it against anyone, but to use it to fuel our own fire to help and to get us from being depressed. I mean, there's a lot in our world right now that can make make everybody depressed. And a lot right. of people are depressed because we have no, we really don't have a lot to do with Everybody anything. should get in their car once a day, take 15 minutes, 20 minutes, drive around the block, drive to the store, drive down a country road and scream your butt off. <laughs> uh, let yourself connect with the, with the calls with the people at the phone company and how the technology broke down this 
week and your and your computer went out and and uh, I don't know and the cost of food escalating and and the price of gasoline going up oh my god I, I mean all the stuff right? right we should just let ourselves I mean everybody be to take angry. like 10 minutes right, right to just let yourself identify what recently currently in your face is irritating and let yourself express the emotion right and if we're doing that, we're not being depressed because depression, well, anger turned, turned inward. inward. Right. right. So if you turn it out, you get undepressed. Right. So and being creative in how we express anger is a really important thing for all of us to learn how to do. And because remember, we also have anger stored from all those lifetimes where we were helpless and hopeless when That's people right. died around us. That's right. And if we start dealing with the in the in our face irritations, the in life things that make us angry like a, a line attached to the stuff underneath. It begins to pull it Boy up, out. helps it get up to our consciousness. Right, and a lot of us know that when we're, we're having a reaction to something, that the, if the reaction becomes bigger than it looks like it needs to be, it's a chironic experience you're yeah. having. Yeah. Because what you're doing is something's catalyzed to you right here, right now, that reminds you emotionally. Of something older. Yep. Something much older. So a lot of my clients are very clear now about, well, you know, Linda, I know I overreacted. I had a Chiron moment or I, you know, I, that's contaminated. Right, Linda? And they're, my clients are very well trained. Can you tell? They have the right words and the right system. They're doing great. Um, and I say, yeah, there you go. You know, you're in a contaminated emotion. Now, what are you going to do about it? Well, I'm going to deal with the contaminated piece by myself. It's nobody else's business but my own. And then I'm going to come back to the person I'm angry at and say, you know, I'm angry at you. For such and such that you did that right you here, did, right now. But I don't have to scream it. I don't have to yell it. I don't have to let it be contaminated by something that happened 500 years ago, for God's sake. So there's a lot to this. And, you know, those of you who have read Discovering Your Soul Mission, New Rules for a New Age, there's a whole chapter on Chiron in there. So that's that's pretty much all I want to say about Chiron right now, Michael. Um, once again, read read about it in the book. You know, get some, give yourself some ideas. If you don't have your chart, do something about it. Take an action. And some of you may be going, yeah, I'll probably, I'll text Linda or I'll email Linda tomorrow. And she, don't do it tomorrow. Do it today. If you don't connect much to fear in this conversation for yourself personally, then I might suggest that you meditate. You take five or ten, even, uh, now it sounds like a big ominous word, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, take five or ten minutes each day um, in the course of your day where you can, uh, you know, unplug, quiet, close your eyes, take some deep breaths, breathe out of your head into your heart, settle yourself, and then just be curious. Let yourself ask yourself, what scared me in the last week, the last month, the last year, the last 10 years? What scared me all the way along in my life? Just ask yourself an opening question about what's been scary for you, how you've experienced fear in your life. And I don't care how cut off you are from yourself. Eventually, if you keep coming back and doing that, and you sit with it, you sit with yourself, you're not making something happen, you can't force this, but you sit with it, your unconscious mind will release that that uh, knowledge to yourself. You'll connect to your body better. You'll connect to your fears that are in you right now. You'll connect to memories that are associated with fears, contaminated fears that you're carrying along with you. Good idea. Good advice, dear, dear. Okay, well, I think that's all for today. We'll see you all next week. 
And, uh, and and don't forget, we have two books available for purchase in the world. One is The Inner Child, and the other is Discovering Your Soul Mission. And you can right. find both of them on Amazon. That's right. Okay, take care, y'all. See you soon.